Daisy. And I'm Kat. I'm trans. And I'm cis. And we're in a relationship and we're going to talk about that. In this episode, we're talking about understanding our gender. Daisy explains how she came to know that she was trans and the process of deciding to transition. And we both talk about what gender means for us in terms of our identity. This is The Daisy Diaries. Hello, Daisy. Hi, Kat. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I am pretty good. All right. Here we are. It's another episode of The Daisy Diaries. Here we are. Here we are. What are we talking about today? Uh, Today, we're talking about how I figured out that I'm trans. Yes, exactly. Sort of how you initially knew, how you worked through that process, um, and maybe also... Just like how we look at gender, like how we know what our gender is, I guess. Yeah, like both of our experiences of gender specifically. So, should be good. I'm excited. Yeah. I feel actually like I'm quite, I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think you're going to agree with this, but this topic, like how you knew you were trans and your process of, of working out for sure is something that I actually haven't asked you about as much as I would have liked to. Yeah. Okay. So, this will be like a proper interview type. Yeah. I'm excited because especially when you're first coming out and you were going through that process, I, I didn't want to put seeds of doubt in your mind. Like, yeah. but are you sure? Or like, how do you know? <laughs> so even though I definitely did ask a bit, like, but yeah, I haven't, we haven't really gone into it in a huge depth, I would no, say. That's true. So I'm excited. First, we got any updates. Do you have any hormones updates? Oh my God. Yeah. So my chest has been just constantly sore. Really sore nips. Yeah. It's so funny watching you just have like sore, tiny little mozzie bite boobies. I yeah. love it. You just like bump me and I'm like, oh my God, ouch. <laughs> There's a teenage girl in my house. Yeah. It's amazing. Not that I want there to be a teenage I, girl in my house. Anyway. Um... I asked you yesterday to like take me to, to buy bras because I'm not comfortable doing it. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so cute. Is that what I was like? Yeah. You were like, you don't need a bra. You That's don't what have I actually said. <laughs> I was like, you do not need a bra. This is, I, anyone who doesn't know me, I wear an H cup. <laughs> so when Daisy was like, I need a bra, I was like, bitch, come yeah. on. Um, but I think you just want like a bralette for now. Yeah. And I am excited to buy you a bralette. <laughs> um, so you've got some news as well. Yeah, I do. What is it? You told your grandma that I'm trans. Yes, I did. Sorry, I forgot for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did tell my grandma. So I don't know if, if you've been following along at home. On one of the earlier episodes, I said that I had decided I was going to tell my grandma because we're quite close, but I didn't know how that was going to go. But I've done it. She's 90 and she has a really bad memory. So all chances are she'll forget and we'll either have to just decide that that's fine or tell her again and again and again. But now that I've been able to go and visit her again, because I obviously hadn't seen her for a few months due to lockdown. Yeah, I went over and I just sort of said, hey, I have something to tell you and I I really love your support. She took it super well. It went amazingly. I was sort of like sussed out if she knew what even being transgender was and, and she did. And I just told her and she just kind of said, okay, well, if you're okay with it, I don't see any reason I shouldn't be okay with it. And I hope you don't think that that's a reason you wouldn't bring her over. And she used she, her pronouns throughout that conversation. It was very nice. Yeah. Have you spoken to her since? I've spoken to her on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Why? Has it like stuck with her or? 
Oh, she used your wrong name again later that oh, okay. day. Like she immediately <laughs> forgot. She forgot. But it's often with that kind of thing, it's like if you remind her, she kind of remembers loosely being told sometimes. We'll see how we move yeah. forward with that. But yeah, that's where that's at. So yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. It's kind of, I don't know. Sometimes I feel think I don't give her enough credit. She's a pretty awesome person. So yeah. feels good to just, I don't know, especially when someone's that old, I don't like to like, well, not because they're that old, but. I don't like the idea that you just sort of stop treating them like a person. Yeah. And you just kind of go, oh, what's the point even telling her? Or like, you know. Wow, you're just... making me feel real real bad about not telling my grandpa. It's just like, sorry, Papa, we're not going to. Well, I didn't mean that, but <laughs> it's different with your family. There's all sorts of other considerations to make. Yeah. Like, it would be different if it was me. I'd be much more nervous. Mm, yeah. But I do think, do you know what I mean? Yeah, when, I, I get it. When people get old, a lot of people just start treating them like... Almost like children. Yeah, like they're not fully like, people. Oh, we won't bother them with that. Yeah, and it's like, that's a time where, if anything, they need more engagement and stuff to mm. keep them just firing from all cylinders. Mm. Well, yeah, like, you know, when we were in lockdown, I had nothing to, like, tell time or anything. And my, my memory got so much worse. So, I don't know. Did it? Yeah. Your memory's always been pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Worse. <laughs> yes, surprisingly. How, are you sure you're remembering that right? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into the meat of this episode? Yes, I do. I'll start with asking you a question, cool. if that's okay, which is just, I guess I want to start with, how did you first come to your first kind of inkling that you thought you might be trans and when? Yeah, so I think I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but it was, there's a YouTuber that you showed me, ContraPoints. She is trans and a lot of her stuff is like about political things and stuff like that, but there's still like quite a lot that deal with gender as well. And there was one called Gender Dysphoria and I watched that. It was about, there was just this one scene where there's like a couple and they're trying to have sex and then the woman says to the man, it's like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you just be a man? And then that's sort of, not that I'd had the same sort of situation. You've never said anything like that to me, but <laughs> I don't know. That sort of connected with me. I felt like the the role of, you know, being a man, being dominant in, in that context was like, not for me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that like, I guess that one bit of the video in particular, I was just like, oh, that's weird. And so then I started like... <laughs> How interesting. I yeah. find this quite relatable. <laughs> then I sort of just became like hyper-focused on like... When your girlfriend wants it so rough in bed that you come out as trans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. No, it's not like that. It's not at all. So yeah, I started just thinking like, is, is my gender what I think it is? I don't know. And so I started like looking at all these subreddits and... You know the, is it Quora? Quora? You know the thing where you like ask questions? Yeah, I think I always read that as Quora for some reason. I don't know why it would be that. Because it's questions, Wara. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people just, so many people would just submit, how do I know if I'm trans? And I read all of those. So really? Many. Like a lot? Yeah. Because this is all stuff that was going on, obviously, before I knew anything was happening. But it was, I mean, I think people would be interested, and we have t- touched on this before, but you didn't know for years or months or yeah, not even months, like, before you you told someone. You really came out quite soon after first encountering 
yes the idea that you might be trans everything sort of felt like it had been building to it for a while but also it was like all at once Mm -hmm. like as soon as i sort of made that connection it was just like oh wow okay yeah it's like i started like finding all these little clues although i guess you can like recontextualize anything to sort of meet a hypothesis i guess it's like (laughs) it's like have you ever done an escape room where you just start like looking at random things on the floor you're like is this part of it is this part of it no well, anyway, that's what I'm like in an escape room, just uh, panicked. And anyway, so pretty early on, I messaged a trans friend just being like, okay, I need your help a bit. And yeah, I think at the start, I just sent her a message just being like, uh, I'm freaking out. And I almost ran some kids over because <laughs> I was, what? I, I've never told you that. Um, I just ran a red light because I was, I was on my way to visit my mom and... That was all that was going through my head. I was so distracted. And then this very angry dad flipped me off. (laughs) This story is going all sorts of places that I didn't expect it to go. Yeah, I was so just scattered. And that was like all I could think about. It was all consuming for like a week. And that's not very long. (laughs) I'm making it sound like it's like this huge thing. No, it's fine. It's just not. I feel like most people expect it to be like it was consumed me my whole life. And you're like, <laughs> I was so distracted. There was like a Monday to Friday, could not get it off my mind. And then I came out, <laughs> which is great. I'm happy that it went that way for you, but it's just, it's not what I would expect. Yeah. And then like anytime I'd see someone in some sort of medical context or whatever, they'd be like, how long have you been feeling? And I'm like, not very long. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Fair enough. There was one video in particular that it was on YouTube. It was called how to figure out if you should transition. And it was just like some thought experiments. It was like, if you could make a wish that tomorrow you'd wake up uh, as a girl with all the girl bits and everything attached to it, um, would you do that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would. And then like, it was getting sort of more complex. It was like, if you were on a deserted Island and then a box of hormones, washed up it was everything you need to transition would you take that and that's like a bit tricky because it's like if no one is around then there's no like pressure to gender a certain way or present a certain way would you still do that and i was like that's a bit harder but probably still yes really yeah so for you you think i mean i guess it's hard to untangle really from what has to do with presenting and what has to do with like an internal sense of being but you think that even if you're never going to see anyone else, you would still want to medically transition? I think so, yeah. Cool. Even with all the, uh, you know, the sore chest and the... <laughs> well, it's just... And I mean, who am I to even hypothesise? But I guess it is, you know, one of the questions you could ask philosophically, not of you, but in general is like in... I feel like I'm saying stupid, obvious stuff, but in like a genderless world... Like, is could well, firstly, could there be a genderless world? And if there was that world, would there be some people who still wanted to kind of physically change their bodies, to, you know? Yeah, that's... Would that kind of internal dissatisfaction or, or feeling of, like, quotes-unquote being in the wrong body or wrongness still exist? And, you know, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who already doesn't feel that way, so I don't think that I would necessarily put that much stock in my opinion, but I've always imagined that... It wouldn't like we live in a very gendered world and that's that I imagine that is sort of the source of a lot of that distress for people, but maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a good question. 
because I think that sorry for you <laughs> for your answer even imagining yourself on a desert island it's like you're still carrying around all that social conditioning that you've had yeah it's impossible to say yeah you know what I mean so sure it's like you wouldn't see anyone again but you still internally like have I'm, beliefs I'm still about bringing what it, everything with me yeah like what it means to be a woman or, or a man yeah um, what do you think so your genderless world question is that yeah that's a it's a tough one I feel like for me maybe not like I would say a lot of my impetus to to transition is like the the euphoria that comes from you know presenting presenting feminine stuff if there was no gender then I guess I wouldn't feel the the wrongness yeah because I don't really feel the wrongness anyway like that wasn't a driving force for me to to transition I would say then why did you just say if there was no gender I wouldn't really feel the wrongness no (laughs) (laughs) what I'm saying is sorry um because there is no gender at all then Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be something for me to then change to to then feel good yeah does that make sense yeah no it does um sort of but that's what i'm saying but it's so hard to conceptualize it's hard to conceptualize i also i don't know if i like do i mean genderless world or like gender binary like without gender binary like people i don't imagine that it you know it's not like oh we're all just going to be walking around in our beige boiler suits (laughs) with like the same bob although that's an aesthetic i could get behind (laughs) um but i mean like I guess if 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 you were in a world where you could express as femininely as you wanted and and it wasn't there wasn't sort of a usual based on uh like genitals or or physical sexual char- characteristics do you think would then just presenting femininely be what you wanted to do or would you still want to you know go on hormones so you could have boobs and slightly bigger nipples <laughs> Yeah that's a tough one I think I'd still want the boobs I mean, that's still sort of part of the... I mean, it is definitely part of the the outward expression. In our world now it is. Yes. But I don't think it would be in our little utopian gender world because okay. <laughs> boobs wouldn't be associated with a certain gender presentation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that one. No, it's impossible to know. Yeah. And there's no reason that a trans person should have more responsibility like or... to answer that question than a cis person. Yeah. I'm just curious about what you think. Yeah. So one of the things that kept cropping up in a lot of these like uh, FAQs and things was essentially just cis people don't think about this. If you're worrying about it, then you're probably trans. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I think that was the most straightforward response. I think all the other stuff was definitely like helpful, but it's like, I guess like, who am I gathering this evidence for? It's like, I'm building a case or something, but I'm the one that's deciding this anyway. So it's like, what? Yeah. You need as much evidence as you need, I guess. Yeah. And I think I do agree. Like, well, I can't speak for every cis person, but I've like toyed around with the idea of what it means to have, to have a gender or like be cisgender. But all it goes is, would I be happier as a man? No. <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I can't even, con- I can't, I can't conceptualize what it would mean to want to be a man hmm. because I just don't have that incongruence. I can't imagine what it means. Yeah. To want to be a man. I just sort of feel like I am a woman. And, you know, I'm someone who is definitely uh, inclined towards introspection and thinking about things a lot. Yeah. But I still can't really, you know, I've thought about gender, but I haven't ever been able to, like, 
I've never found myself obsessing for hours about like imagine being a man and if I just didn't have boobs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Not that not having boobs is what it means to be a man. I don't know what it means. I can't imagine. You're a confusing lot out there. Men? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to define yourself as something. If you're looking at behaviors or something, then men and women behave the same and different in loads of ways. If you're looking at like how people dress, then men and women be- like dress the same and different in so many different ways. So it's really hard to like narrow down exactly what it is that makes someone a woman or makes someone a man. Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking about it for myself, what it means for me to be a woman. And I guess maybe we should talk about that a bit later and finish your thing. If you like. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. That was a fake out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you've been working through, I want to go back. You're working through all this, like looking at forums and, and kind of gathering evidence for yourself and then realizing maybe you didn't need to. Was this all before you had come out to anyone? I mean, I told you. Okay. So this was ongoing. All right. Yeah. So you sort of came in after that first week and, and I was still like looking at things after that as well. Pretty often. Yeah. Feeling a bit of uncertainty. Yeah. So then at some point you started getting therapy, Mm. which is part of, I mean, maybe you could speak to this more, but basically you have two options when you go on hormones. One is to give informed consent and you can go on them straight away. Mm -hmm. And the other is to engage in a bit of counseling and then you get signed off to go on those hormones. Is that correct? Yeah. Did you find that process of therapy? Because you were still kind of uncertain when you started that, right? Yes. Again, that was really just trying to get someone else to tell me (laughs) that I'm trans because I would say like a lot of the time I base my behaviors off what other people are doing I'm like is this the right thing to do other people are doing that cool but this is like I don't know many trans people the trans people that I do know are like a lot further in their transition as well so I didn't really have anyone to model what to do or anything like that so yeah yeah I think going into therapy like I was pretty certain I think internally, but I still just needed someone to validate that for me. You were certain internally. I think so. I think it was like this gradual dawning. It was like, I feel this, but I'm going to need some time to like affirm it for myself, I guess. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. I kind of come, come into feeling like it was real. Is that kind yeah. Of- yeah. And I'm really interested, I guess, if, if you're open to talking about it, a bit about like what your experience of therapy was like and, and what kind of discussions you had. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're happy to chat about? A little bit, yeah. Actually, it was sort of a bit like this podcast. Like, you know, <laughs> at the start, I'd sort of check in with, with like what milestones I'd, I'd reached. It's like, oh, I came out on Facebook today or like I told my friends or I told my family recently and my therapist was always very like encouraging um, and then we'd sort of just talk about other stuff <laughs> for most of it. So you didn't talk about gender stuff all that much? I'd say like half the time. Yeah. We sort of found other things to talk about that I guess I wanted to bring up because they were relevant to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'd talk about family stresses or, you know, I'd, I'd talk about our relationship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, you have a therapist as well. And you around that time, you were talking to your therapist a lot about me as well, right? Uh, yes, a bit. Um, we did do like some surveys and things like that. That was sort of in the second half. So 
I kind of just wanted to get everything done in my 10 free sessions because it's like, cool, you can tell me that I'm a woman over 10 weeks and then we can get all this on the road. And I'll be out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it ended up taking like 12. Did you do 12 sessions? I think so, yeah. No. Yeah. Because you only needed to do six before you got... Yeah, I started with some like general ones and then we did like this sort of package where she's like, okay, so now we're going to start doing all these structured things. I'm going to do some surveys some questionnaires. Okay, cool. And so the questionnaires were like, there was one that was about like medical transition. So that one had a lot of things like, would you want surgery on? And then it was just a list of like every conceivable body part that you might want to change about yourself. There was some about social stuff. So it was like, I feel valued. I feel connected to people around me, all of that. Yeah, it was pretty rigorous. And I think it was essentially one of those things you can just put into a machine and it just like tallies up. It's like, okay, this person's not at a risk of hurting themselves. This person's... Did you find it helpful? Yeah. I don't think the results were necessarily helpful, but I feel like the exercise of answering the questions was like sort of... The results? What were the results? It was... Do you get a grade or something? No, it was just like, (laughs) you're within like safe measures of this or... Which... Are you talking about the the wellness survey? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say probably like half of them were related to wellness. Yeah, I guess I mean more like, do you did you find the process of, of therapy helpful to your transition in general? Oh, yes. I think I, I needed that time and I needed someone. So my, my therapist like specializes in gender stuff. I think I needed someone who had dealt with this sort of stuff before, just I guess to gauge her reactions to things that I was saying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I never felt like I was... I don't know. She would probably be a bad therapist if I felt like I was saying the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, I actually, but do you know what I mean? Definitely, and I I think it would be have been really important for you. Or I imagine it was really important for you at that time to be able to go and talk to someone about it who wasn't me. Um, yeah, because at at the start, at least, you hadn't told anyone else, mm. and even if it's anyone else in your life, like most people have some kind of stake in your life. It can just be, I mean, obviously, sorry, I'm talking to therapy 101, but it can be good to obviously talk to someone who is like as objective as you can be, sort of third party person. Yeah, someone completely removed. Yeah. And then especially with this, like as we talked about last week, things were pretty stressful for us at that time. Yeah. And a lot of our conversations about it were pretty fraught, you know, we weren't like tearing each other apart or anything, but I definitely don't think I was being... <laughs> and like I was the right person for you to be able to go to to talk about it in that yeah. way. Like we both had a lot invested in those conversations. conversations. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that's probably a big part of it is just to be able to be like, ah, this is all the stuff I'm feeling and not have the person hearing it have an opinion on it really yeah. beyond their professional opinion. Mm, yeah. There were a few sessions where like one time I'd be like, I'm really worried about telling my mum, And then she'd sort of like psych me up and be like, okay, we can do this. Uh, what are you actually worried about with telling her? What's the worst thing that can happen? And I think that that sort of stuff was really, really helpful for getting me through those those experiences. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I just had a tendency to, like, panic about, and you know, this. you were sort of coaching me through it as well. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, what if my mum, like, doesn't want anything to do with me? And, and you were like, and she she also was like, do you think that's likely? Yeah. It's probably not super likely. It sounds like you have a very strong relationship. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess you touched on this a bit before, but 
at what point do you feel like you reached a conclusion where you're like, yes, I'm a trans woman and I'm going to pursue transition? That's a tough one because it, it sort of was this rolling thing where I sort of became more certain, but I don't know if I could narrow it down to like one particular moment. I feel like there was a bunch of like little moments where I would just be like, okay, I'm more affirmed in this thing or I'm more affirmed in this other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, even if I don't transition, I know now that I do want to wear not just men's clothes yeah, or I want to get more creative with my hair or, you know. Yeah. So deciding on hormones, that was a pretty, pretty big one, I would say. Yeah. And that was, yeah, probably about halfway through my therapy session. So that was why we started all those questionnaires and things. Because I was like, okay. So there's kind of like a, just for anyone listening, there's, there's kind of like a gatekeeper-y history around therapy relating to gender stuff. I think outside of Australia as well, it's it's pretty grim. You have to have a therapist sign off. And so if they're like, if they happen to be transphobic or they don't agree with the way that you're specifically wanting to present then they can just be like, nah, you're not getting the meds. Um, so yeah, my therapist was like quite mindful of that and was like, I sort of go like a halfway point. Like you can always just go and get the meds. You can always start on your hormones if you want to. Because yeah, in Australia, you don't have to get the sign off from a psychologist anymore, do you? No, you can just go through your GP yeah. and get it all started. But yeah, so for me, I just like really wanted to go through those exercises to make sure for myself. And I feel like I kind of was pretty sure, but... Yeah, but yeah, it, and- <laughs> it was new. And if you have a good therapist, which you did, there's always value to be gotten out of it, even if the value isn't, oh, it's made me more sure. Maybe it's just, oh, it's prepared me. I mean, you've talked a lot about it was a good way to work out what your expectations of this process should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was something else we did as well. She went through the list of, like, the timeline of when to expect changes on hormones as well. Yeah. So that's when we started talking about the <laughs> slightly bigger nipples and everything. <laughs> And they're not bigger. No, they're the not. You have still tiny nipples. Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> Nothing but disappointments on this journey for me. Uh, the tiny nipples. The can't lack even touch of them uh, now. <laughs> a sexy special room at the hospital for you to <laughs> give your sperm deposit. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're happy and everything, but really. Yeah. <laughs> give one to the cis girlfriends of the world. Yeah, we'll start seeing some changes soon, I think. Some of the some of the good ones. Nah, I'm excited. Everything's been great so far. So, yeah. So seeing that video that I showed you and um, realizing you related to that, that was kind of your first the first time you had an inkling that you might be trans. Mm-hmm. But before that, what was your experience of gender before that? You sort of hinted earlier that things did start. You started to see things from your past in a different light once you realized you were trans. Yeah. I guess what was your experience of gender growing up and did you have any experiences then that you look back at now and go, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's some. I definitely remember being, like, jealous of my sister and the way she was treated quite often. Um, one, term- Hey? In terms of what? Okay, one time in particular, we were going to stay at my grandparents' place and I don't know why, but my sister had been all made up. She would have been maybe, like, 10, so I would have been 12 or 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. And just everyone was making such a fuss. They were like, oh, she's such a such a lady. And I was just like, nah, she's... <laughs> At the time, she was such an asshole. And I was just like, nah, you're just treating her different because she's got makeup on. 
can I put makeup on and be treated differently? <laughs> and it's hard to say like how much of this stuff is gender related and how much of it is just middle child stuff. <laughs> well, and also I- like, the, is it, yeah, is it gender identity related or is it about the different roles and treatment that people receive based mm. on their gender? Yeah. It's a very, it's a very tangled web, I think. Mm. Cause yeah, like I had to share a bedroom with my brother until I was like 13 and he was 15. Like <laughs> that's pretty rough on him. That's old. Yeah. And my sister just always had her own room and I'm like, well, that's not fair. Just a lot of like, <laughs> give me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you think the bedroom thing was a trans thing? No, that's why I'm saying like, it's, it's hard to say like. Where the middle child ends and, and the woman begins. Yeah. Cause there's definitely similar thought patterns around both. Especially in the eyes of a child, it's hard to, like, you don't experience your emotions in the same nuanced, complex way that Everything's you do as an so adult. Everything's just so intense. It's just maybe a bit of longing and jealousy that you can't really work out what the source of it is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I know that, like, anytime I'm, I was, like, playing video games or something, if there was a chance to play as, like, a female character, I'd be like, yep, give me that, I want that, as maybe, like, a bit of escapism or, like... Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, it's so hard to know exactly what's like a trans thing. Yeah. Would you say you've experienced discomfort with your gender throughout your life? Yeah, I would say it's based on like expectations of like how I should be acting or like, so like something that happens really often is when I'm teaching at schools, uh, I still go, I still go in boy mode and the boys will always ask me what sports I play or what sports I follow as soon as I tell them I don't play any sports, mm-hmm. what video games I play, like that's all very yeah. gendered. I guess the boys are trying to like make a connection and that's that's the way that they know how to do that. Yeah, but I don't think that that has to do with, well, personally, I don't think that has to do with gender identity. That is really... That's no, that's sort of just a social... Gender stereotypes. That's true, like, yeah. I feel nervous about talking about this kind of thing because I don't want to articulate myself in a problematic way. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, it's, I think it's easy to veer into, like, territory when, when people talk about these things where it's like, well, I, I knew I wasn't a boy because I didn't like sport or I knew I wasn't a girl because I didn't like makeup. And, I mean, I'm not one of those – I'm certainly not one of those people who's like, everyone's trans now because, you know, I feel like there's that kind of turf ideology where it's like everybody's yeah. trans because they think that, like, if you want to climb a tree and you're a girl, that means you must be a boy. Like, no, I don't think that – and I also think that um, mostly only good things can come from interrogating the gender binary in general. Yeah. However, I do also think that it's sort of like there are a lot of elements of, of gender expectations and, and gender stereotypes mm. that should have nothing to do with gender identity Yeah. whatsoever. I don't know what you think. What I would say is like the reason I bring up all those examples is not necessarily that those things are gendered, but I feel like the way that we internalize those things is really where you can see like your own perception of gender. So like when people try and talk to me about sports and the assumption is that I'll be into sports, I'm just like, that's not, that's not for me. And the assumption that it's for me is like, that makes me feel uncomfortable. So I think the discomfort is is sort of like the yeah the clue there rather than the the actual question itself yeah rather than the assumption and that maybe if you were if for a cis man i mean i don't know but for a cis person maybe they'd react with a sense of defensiveness about their gender and like i can like other things other than sport and still be a man 
Yeah. You know, rather than just feeling like, oh, this doesn't feel right that this is being put on me. Yeah. Yeah. So they would, like, they would respond to the question the same way, but then inside there would be, there would be a different emotional response to that. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I do also think, I mean, it's hardly, hardly surprising to say, but that there's a much more rigid gender role in a lot of ways. Well, actually, I'm not sure. I was going to say more rigid for men than women in some ways. Like, they're much more locked into not expressing emotion. Um, They're much more... I feel like even though, of course, women suffer a lot more at the hands of, of like, patriarchy and gender roles in one sense. In another sense, women who veer into male gender expression, like, there is more room for that. Yeah, I I would say so. Yeah, even if they might experience some mockery and stuff like that, that's really shit. It's still kind of like, it's like, oh, woman CEO, like, she's a boss boss bitch, you know, she's amazing. Like, Mm. women who are hard asses, like, it's like, go get a sister, like, whatever. Yeah. Whereas men who take more, like, quotes, unquote, feminine job role, it's seen as weak. Like, I think overall because men are seen as better than women. Mm. In a lot of ways, sorry to be the one to break it to you guys. Um, but like, yeah, so it's kind of if women kind of break out of their social role to try and do what men do, quotes on quotes, like they're going to face backlash for it because people want to keep them in their place. But it's people understand why they're doing that. They want power, whatever. And if they succeed in that, they're seen as quite successful. Yeah. Whereas if men break out of their gender role to be women, everyone's like, Ew, like why would you want to do that like that's you know there's so much weakness yeah, like why it's almost humiliating down power wise yeah. i guess exactly like yeah which i guess i don't know what point i was trying to make i'm just on a fucking feminism rant <laughs> Ugh, am i the worst it's all connected it is it is all connected maybe we'll loop back to what does being a woman mean to you yes how do you um, know that you're a woman yeah, well, I've been thinking about this because I knew we were going to be talking about this today and I have thought about it before. And as I've said multiple times so far in this podcast, one of the really great things about you having come out is that, um, and you transitioning as well, is that, is that it's allowed me to really think about this kind of thing that I think is so valuable to, to consider. And I'm not, you know, on one level, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really... I used to feel really attached to my gender. Thinking about my gender throughout kind of my lifetime and that when I was um, like really young and um, primary school and even in like creation kinder, I remember I was I was a, to- a really big tomboy, like self-identified tomboy, didn't want to be associated with femininity very much. Yeah. And then when I got to high school and especially like late high school, early adulthood, I really started embracing femininity and I would go out in heaps of glitter and I would like want to wear heaps of pink and it's interesting to me because I think that the reason for that is that when when you're a young girl you don't fucking understand what gender is yet um presumably you're just a kid but but, and your first experience of gender really is people trying to shove these gender stereotypes on you as a child yeah and for a girl that probably means like you're not doing the most rambunctious playing and you're not you know, you're being given princess toys and having tea parties. And I remember I I have this memory from when I was 
three. I was in crèche or, or kinder and I was playing on the play equipment and I went to cross the bridge. We were playing some game and one of my friends was there, also a girl who was being like guarding the bridge mm-hmm. and she was like, you have to curtsy. And I was like, I want to bow because um, <laughs> like boys bow and girls curtsy. And she was like, no, you have to curtsy. And I was like so pissed off. I did not want to curtsy. And I just think that's so interesting that firstly, like I was already feeling that like kind of oppressed by this yeah. enforced gender role. And also that a fellow three-year-old was enforcing, was enforcing yeah. gender on me. Like that's so wild to think about how young it is that women start monitoring each other's gender expression. Mm, yeah. It's it's like a three-year-old knew that men should do one thing that's like directive and manly and, and women should do another thing that's like dainty and polite. So I think it makes sense that a lot of really young girls rebel against their gender expression because the first way they experience it is kind of all these limitations to how they can interact with the world. Yeah. And then I think what happened for me and what probably happens for a lot of people is that as you get older and especially go through like puberty, you have all sorts of not very nice experiences with gender and with men. And in a way that's like a bonding experience to womanhood and to okay. other women. Yeah. And yeah, that the world starts mocking girls, you know, like, boy bands are stupid, female pop stars are stupid, the things that teenage girls like are so maligned. Mm. And at first we push away from that, but then for me, eventually I reached a point where I was like, fuck you, I am a girl and I do love Taylor Swift and glitter and wearing pink. And like I took a lot of pride in that identity and at kind of saying fuck you for like making fun of this and fuck you for making me kind of hate what I what I quote unquote am as well. Yeah. And so I felt a huge amount of unity with that identity. And now coming into another I guess phase in my life, which is I guess still young adulthood, but not like eighteen, nineteen, I still very much feel like a woman, but I, I don't feel as much attachment to like really feminine expression of identity. Yeah. And I guess the thing that I most associate with womanhood for me now is like bonding with other women mm-hmm. and female friendships, which is kind of a part of that thing as well. I think we have a lot of shared experiences with each other. And I think another thing that is unfortunate about the way men tend to be socialized is that their, their friendships are often quite different. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm hardly the expert on male friendships. I've never been in a male friendship. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I think like, I don't know if there is anything essentially quotes unquote woman about me other than A, my experiences and just the fact that I don't feel any internal incongruence with it. Yeah. And the bond I feel to other women in the way that we express affection to each other, the way that we spend time together and I guess the... Yeah, shared experiences of, I guess, oppression, even just socialization mm-hmm. that occur in girlhood. Yeah. That was a long monologue. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say like the parts of yourself that are feminine or female, they're like things that you're sort of choosing to express? Like, would you say it feels more like you're you're able to make those choices rather than being expectations being put on you? Um, I don't know if I go quite that far definitely when it came to like i for a while i really did express quite femininely in terms of like what i was saying before glitter and pink and stuff and Mm. i i did feel like i was making a choice to present in that way and i didn't i very intentionally was presenting in a very garish yes way like i it was not to appeal to men 
I was like, men like it if you look sultry and feminine short. Men don't like it if you have a full face of pink glitter on. <laughs> and I'm glad. <laughs> you know, like men don't yeah. like it if you're wearing a, a plastic <laughs> pink top. Yeah. And good. Um, not, sorry. Of course, it's more complicated than that, what men like and, and don't like and what women like and don't like. But this kind of stereotypical idea of, of what men want from women um, physically. Now... I don't feel totally like liberated from my gender expectations. No, definitely not. I think that, you know, I, I don't wear makeup a lot at the moment. I go mm-hmm. through kind of phases with makeup. Obviously we've just come out of a lockdown. Um, but even before that, like I'm not someone who wears makeup every day, but if we were going out to a wedding, mm. I would feel that I had to wear makeup. Yeah, definitely. And I would struggle to not wear makeup. And even if it's like, Actually, post-lockdown, I've, I've been trying not to wear makeup. We have to wear masks at the moment anyway, so that makes it a bit difficult. But I've been trying to go to situations in which I would usually wear makeup and not wear it. But I do still feel that pressure mm-hmm. in more formal settings. Like, I don't feel a pressure every day to look super put together, but I definitely do in certain settings. And also, I don't really shave my legs or my armpits. But again, certain settings, Sometimes I think, you feel like you should... Yeah, or certain outfits, it's, it's kind of the thing. Like, even I'm in my jeans or even shorts or, like, certain more casual outfits, but if I'm going to be in a dress and heels, I feel really uncomfortable with the idea of having unshaved legs. Yeah, okay. So, there, to put it uh, briefly, yes, there are still ways that I definitely feel boxed in by gender expectations. Mm-hmm. I guess what I would like to know is what does it mean for you to be a woman so far or at this point? And not at all, yeah, not to say that a trans person, again, has to identify that any more than a cis person should have to, but I'm just wondering what your kind of personal philosophy well, you, around that. you went first, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ha checkmate. I got to do it now. I would say it's largely in, like, how I interact with people, and I would say, like, most of the time with close friends and stuff, it hasn't changed dramatically. I don't know. I, I feel closer to my female friends now. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to say you can talk. You don't have to talk about just what the experiences since you've started transitioning have been mm. like. You can also just talk about what your identity is and what parts of that you associate with womanhood, if that makes sense. Like, even though you weren't presenting as a woman before that, I still feel like there could be parts of your identity that feel aligned with a, a, a quote unquote female identity. Yeah. Well, I've always sort of wanted to be like, you know, before I realized I was trans, I wanted to be like a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, always loved like baking and like just doing sort of very like nurturing things. I remember one time my mum came home from work and found me um, baking and watching, I think it was like Snow White or Cinderella or something. She's like, what is going on with you? (laughs) Well, 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 now we know. (laughs) (laughs) Men don't bake. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually think that's a big one for me as well, not baking, but nurture. Mm. Even though, again, of course, that's all it's all tied up in, like, I guess, stereotypical like society, beliefs. Societal norms and, yeah. But those kind of more nurturing, more caring, social aspects of, of the traditional woman role, I really I identify with a lot. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about female friendship as well? Yeah, I, I found that just the way that interactions go, like, I'm always quite interested in listening to other people and 
having a conversation as something that you're having together. Whereas I felt like in more male dominated places, it's more like a competition. Like, you know, you need to be contributing the best information or you need to be the funniest or something. Mm-hmm. And so then I sort of just would fade into the background because I was just happy to listen and like be be around people talking. Mm-hmm. So like we, we were at a thing yesterday that was, it was all women. And I, yeah, it, it just... It felt very comfortable for me. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, are you finding it exciting to be in, in more, like, not women-only spaces? It wasn't like we were just at a picnic that happened to only be women there, but yeah. do you feel good being in those kinds of spaces? I do, yeah. It's so exciting. I, I feel like my presence is valued. Yeah. Um, not that, you know, I have so many friendships with men, uh, lo- loads of male friends, and I with my closest friends, I don't, I don't feel like we're competing or anything like that. I, I would say in just like broader social settings, that, that sort of stuff I was talking about is probably more present. Mm-hmm. Have you felt that as well? Have I felt that women listen to me more? Yes. Is that <laughs> what you mean? That, maybe that's a dumb question. Um, sort of, yeah. Or like, do <laughs> no, you... the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, sorry, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm scared to, not scared, but I, I hesitate to say anything that's just going to sound like I'm a quotes unquote man hater. Yeah. And I do have some, um, you know, I have some male friends who I am really close with. But yes, I find that je- overall women have much more curiosity <laughs> about my experiences than men do. Yeah. That's not a coverall. It's a generalization, but yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I'm making quite quite broad generalizations here. Fine, go for it. They're not here to defend themselves. Exactly. One-sided conversation. <laughs> Suck it, men. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Someone said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, I do I do feel that way. It's sad in some ways. I, I find like so far, and I'm hoping I, I come to a different place with this, but the older I've gotten, the more I've felt drawn to women and, and away from men in terms of friends not friendships like I like all I'm really nervous to articulate what I'm trying to say um well now I'm thinking I've said something really like problematic <laughs> no it's not that it's just I don't think that it's my experiences with men have gotten progressively worse it's just that when I was like a teenager and a really early adult I was really keen to win over men mm-hmm. I really wanted to be a cool girl who men liked yeah and thought was fun and I felt like I was really trying to play to a a certain set of expected behaviors or to a character to win over their approval and firstly I wasn't ever super successful in that Mm -hmm. and secondly it was inauthentic and so now at the moment I'm just I'm not doing that as much or really at all and I find that most not all but most of my strong friendships are with women and that the people I tend to get along with most are with women. Mm-hmm. Make of that what you will. That's not a good place to end. I... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more questions? Um, I feel like it's interesting because when I talk about, well, I don't know what it is when I talk about gender. It's sort of about my experiences growing up, which is unsurprising. And your feelings about gender seem to be more based around your, like... Like behavior and presentation and that yeah. sort of Yeah, I agree. Um... I guess it's because I don't have experience living as a woman yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that'll be another thing that'll be interesting to kind of monitor as the journey goes along, like what you make of yeah. it. 
I guess maybe another interesting question to ask is, do you ever feel like you quotes unquote were a man? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for context, because one of the things ContraPoints says, who's this YouTuber that we've been talking about, who I really recommend a lot of her videos are really interesting about these kinds of topics. But she kind of says that her experience wasn't that she was always a woman and she was just in the wrong body, but she, she sort of, she was living as a man and now she's living as a woman. And I actually think that now she might, like she's a bit further into a transition. Maybe she feels differently about that. Mm. I'm not sure. But the point is you and I, Daisy, have had a conversation where I have previously asked you, like, do you feel like you were always a woman and now you're just affirming that? Or do you feel like you kind of were, quotes on quotes, a man, whatever that means, and now you are a woman? Yeah, I would say that I, I was a man or I was living as a man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That I yeah, that I was a man and now I'm living as a woman. I don't I don't agree with the like trapped in the wrong or at least that's not true for me. I can't speak for everyone's yeah. experiences. And that, <laughs> I mean that's true for this this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that this is something that's sort of been like a gradual shift until it reached like a point where I was like, Okay, this is actually like a big a big change and I'm gonna make those changes. Yeah. Were there any parts of like masculine identity that you kind of felt were right or resonated with you is there anything that's an interesting question is there anything you're sort of trepidatious about like leaving behind I think the only things I'm really worried about leaving behind like and we touched on this earlier is like the shift in power I guess like I'm concerned that I'm gonna be listened to less I'm concerned that I'm gonna maybe get less opportunities yeah I guess I mean more like in terms of identity though Okay. Um, none that I can nail down on the spot. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess ideally, it, you you can have still all the parts of that identity that did work for you. You can take with you. Yeah. True. I'm still me. Still the same person. Still a little goose. <laughs> all right. I feel I reckon... like that's a nice place to end it. Yes. Daisy's a silly little goose, and more on that next week. All right, thanks for listening to the Daisy Diaries. Bye. Bye.